The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome everybody to the KyberCast. This is episode number 56, recorded July 21st, 2020. My name is Joe Becker, I'm one half of the team. With me, as always, is my good friend... Michael B.S., geek extraordinaire. Oh, come on. What's with, what's with titles now? We don't, we don't do titles. What is that? It's not a title. I was just I was, I was going with it. I felt it, and I went with it, Joe. I thought you were going to do, like, geek Esquire, like Bill and Ted or something. I'm not a geek lawyer. <laughs> We've got... An interesting show today. We're kind of following up our Netflix and Chill episode with a. Uh, I will say before, a, a, some a listener did ask us to do this, so um, I'm hoping, and I think it's a great idea. So we're going to do a Disney Plus and Chill. We're going to each tell our top five Disney Plus items to watch. Um, but before we get into that, Michael, what have you been doing this week? Anything in the geek world that you've been itching to talk about, or before we dive into the show? Yeah, I actually, so I've been doing a lot of reading because like most people that, you know, can, or I'm working from home, so I've got a fair amount of free time. Plus, just learning a year ago, it's awesome that you're still reading. <laughs> I was like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, okay. All right. Good job, Joe. Good job. That was good. Um, so <laughs> that was really good. Um. So I've been reading, like, uh, so I finished um, Rogue Protocol, which is the third novella in the Murderbot series. I think I've... Sure, I I have no idea what you're talking about, so that's great. (laughs) So it's a series of books. They're all short reads, like, maybe a couple hundred pages, maybe a little bit more. As it should be for, as it should be for a new reader, that's that's good. Right, right, you know. (laughs) And you keep it under that level when I read it out loud and I sound out my words. Right. I picture you like Rocky and Rocky too. <laughs> no. So Martha Wells is the author. She wrote, I want to say, she's wrote four small novels or novellas. And a fifth book, an actual novel, just came out in the last couple months. So uh, a few months ago, to celebrate this, Tor, uh, the book publisher, gave away or just gave one a day for four days for free each of the first four Murderbot books. So I grabbed them all. I'd already read the first one some time ago, got it from the library. And it's it's just a fun series of books. It's basically, you know, it's it's space, it's military space, it's martial. So it's uh, it's about a a security robot or he's part human, has a human brain stuff. He's got human parts. And he becomes, um, well, untethered. He he basically has free will. And he names himself Murderbot. And then goes off on these 
adventures, and they're just a lot of fun. So, what have you been geeking about this week, Joe? This week, you know, actually today, Michael actually just started the the new, well, not new, the Battlestar Galactica series that you've been telling me to, you know, get into and and and, and dive into. You've, you've mentioned good things about it, and thanks to the launch of the Peacock Network, uh, which is free. It doesn't cost me anything. And as I said earlier in the streaming war, I think this is the smart smart play for NBC to just let people watch some things because then maybe eventually they'll do a pay per extra or something like that. But anyways, it's got commercials, one per an hour, which is not bad. Over That's an not hour terrible. Yeah, so I watched, um, I guess I, I was a little confused. It had like a mini series and then it had series after that. So I wasn't sure if the mini series, because sometimes they'll finish a series, then do a mini series, you know. Correct. And, and so, so I had to ask you. And so I watched the miniseries, which is uh, almost three hours, basically, uh, today as I did, did some work. And uh, I like it. I like. I think it's good. I think it's so far so good. I, it's it's heavier, definitely, um, for a different audience than I think the original Battlestar Galactica came out for because that that came out for kids based on oh, Star yeah, the, Wars. The original Battlestar was basically a, a money grab to do Star right. Wars on TV. Right, so I like the premise of the show. That kind of it, it's it's in the future, it's forty years in the future, or something like that. Or I don't know if it's exactly from from the end of the the war from before, but I'm not quite sure if that means the end of the TV show, the original TV show, or not. So no, it has nothing to do know. with the original TV show. Well, it does because they keep going back to it. They they show artwork from the past. They show what Cylons used to look at in drawings. They used old yes. ships that that reminisced. So they do. Um, now they don't say much about storyline, but they're, they're clearly playing off the nostalgia of it. Because my one big hang-up is if you're going to have some content that is based off the old show and show old drawings and things what Salons used to be and, and, and it's progressed, then there's no reason to have any characters with the same names. I think that's a mistake. I think you let that other canon be canon. Now, granted, it just pulls people in, but whether the guy's name is Adama or Apollo or Starbuck, does it matter at this point? That's like, like you know, I texted you. It's like saying, okay, all these Star Wars movies are done, and then forty years from Rise of Skywalker, I'm going to have a character named Luke Skywalker. That makes no sense. To me. No, but it would be dumb. <laughs> Just like this is dumb, because mm. um, I think the show lives. It, the story is good on its own. I don't need those characters with the same names. I don't need to be shoehorned uh, things in there just to get like the original kids to watch it. Just they should have just acknowledged those characters existed like they do in the show and then just have a set of characters. That's my only gripe with the show, which is not huge. Right. So, cause I think the story is, well, two gripes. I don't know if I like the idea of Cylons looking like cyborgs. It takes it away from me. It turns it into like this AI takeover thing, which I think is interesting, but it's, it's been done so many times. Now, granted, it's probably, I don't know if it's been, yeah, it's been done a lot. Um, so I kind of don't like that part of it, but I, maybe that's, you know, I think it's weak. I think it's it's uh, easy to write that, and it makes the show cheaper because I don't have to have robots everywhere. This person's a Cylon. Eh. True, true. Um, but, other than that, I think the characters are good. I like the writing. I like the dialogue is really good. I think the effects are really good for a TV show. Like They did a good job of trickery of making the camera move maybe differently than the ship's move, which gives it a bit of uh, coolness to it. So I, I like it. I'm going to continue watching it for sure. Good. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I mean, 
it's based on the original show, but that's why they have the names and stuff, but it's not, it's a complete reboot. I know you see, you see the ships and stuff from the original show, but basically they've taken elements from the original show and said those are from the original, the first Cylon War. Right. And that's all I needed to know. That's cool. I dig that. Like this has moved on, which means I don't need to have a Starbuck and Apollo. You know right. what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no reason for it because now you're, you're, you're convoluting the story. Like, have that canon that happened a long time ago, and this is in the future. And in the future, we have these characters. You know, it'd be like Star Trek: The Next Next Generation with James T. Kirk as captain, but it's not really James T. Kirk. It's another guy in the same exact same name. Well, it's more like uh, the Star Trek movie reboot. They brought in all new actors, different same names. Yeah, but the timeline's the same. No, they're not. Other than, well, stay, no. stay away from the, 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 the break in timelines, so to speak, but the year star date is the same. Correct, correct. But Battlestar is a complete retelling. It has nothing. It shares. No, it name. does. You can't, you can't say it has nothing if they didn't, if they brought the artwork in. They brought the artwork in of the original Cylons. Done. Yeah. And the ships. It was an homage. But you can't do that. You can't make homage. Then you've, you've, then you've said that this happened. No. <laughs> the original show did not happen according to this show. Oh, well. I, it doesn't. It that's, that's, that's like you telling me that uh, you shouldn't have to read the books to find that out. So you must have read that from either liner notes or director notes. doesn't say anything in the movie, in the show. <laughs> Okay. I mean, if they just started it without showing me the past, then fine. Then I have a whole new Apollo. That's cool. I get it. Totally get it. But they didn't. They, they decided to throw some nostalgia in there for a reason. But like I say, it's very minimal. I think that the acting is really good. I mean, I like – there's a lot of good things in this show, so I don't want it to sound like uh, – and it's just three hours in. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that um, – I don't know. If the, if, if, the, if the show still has money through all that, does it, does it get cheaper as it goes or is it pretty steady throughout? That's all I'll ask you. Well, it's like any other sci-fi show. Uh, there are you are going to have episodes, and you see this in Star Trek too. To save money, yep. you'll have yep. character-centric episodes where you really don't go anywhere. That's okay. That's going to happen. But yes, you will still have your, as Ronald Moore, one of the creators of Battlestar, calls it. He calls them mm-hmm. their Big Mac episodes, where you can tell where they spent the budget on special effects that season. Okay. I, I so I that that's one of the. That's one of the geek things I've been doing. I haven't really done much of else, but that's... I'm just eager to hear what you say once you watch Season 1, Episode 1. After the miniseries? Yes, the very first episode of the official season, yes. Okay. All right, well, there must be something that's happening there then. I I look forward to it. No, I just... No, no, I'm not trying to ruin anything. I just want to hear because they... I just want to hear your reaction to it. Yeah, yeah, don't tell me. I, I do like me. Edward James almost. I think he's very good in it. Um, oh, it's great. Pro- prototypical captain, full of, you know, he's a stalwart. He's stand-up dude, principled, you know, at least from the get-go. I don't know what happened throughout the series, but that's my initial take. He's good. Okay. It's good. So you're getting, you're yeah. becoming a well-rounded geek with uh, the, the space shows now. Good job, Joe. We'll see. I'm open anyways. It still doesn't touch Star Wars for me, but that's probably I'm gonna that bias will be there no matter what. It'll be a long time before anything take that away. Yes, you are always going to love Star Wars. 
Yes. Um, okay, so this week's show, uh, we're going to talk about our top five each of Disney Plus shows uh, and talk about why we like them and why you should watch them. Um, Michael, I gave myself one stipulation. Okay. I could not do one. I, did, I didn't sell this stipulation to you. This was just for me because I think it's it, it's very easily I could have went down this road. I said to myself, no Star Wars films. Oh, I almost did and, that. You know what? I almost did no Marvel no, films just because. And, and no Marvel films. I did both of those stipulations. Because I my reason for this is it's very easy to pick the other ones. And I don't mean that you what you did is easy. But I wanted people to like, oh, I didn't know that was on Disney Plus or – you know, there's a reason you should have Disney Plus other than just those two things. There's a there's a there's a, a a number of types of shows on there. So I tried to really push the gamut of of what you could watch in the geek world. Like there's other things. Like I'm going to put the caveat. I would probably have said Hamilton, but that's really not what our show's about. Right. I enjoyed right. Hamilton. Right. Never never saw it in a theater, uh, or in, well, I guess you could say theater in the real life theater. I've never I've never seen the show live. I really right. want to, but I really enjoyed watching. You know that on Disney Plus, especially since Lin Manuel's in it and it's the original cast. Like I would never ever get a chance to see that anyways. So, right. um, and even though it was a television situation, I have a good sound bar. My screen's not very big, but it was really. I think it was done the best way you can do uh, a live theater with ca- with with camera, just showing you the stage of basically what I could see in the audience for the most part. So I enjoyed that. And that's not part of the top five, um, but. If you if it helps you sway you to at least try Disney Plus, and I'm not a shilling for them, but I'm just saying it's worth. I mean, that's that was really good. See, now I wish I had done your filter because I almost didn't include. So I, I definitely I, we'll get into my top five, just like going yep. into yours. I purposely didn't include a bunch of stuff like the original Star Wars movies, just because I tried to avoid those things that everyone's seen at this point, or not everyone, but pretty right. damn close, you know. Right. Tried to. But that's okay. Man, we didn't wish- talk about the stipulations. It was just something I gave myself. So what it will be was we'll actually have a more well rounded list because yours will be that and you know, it'll be good. So you can start. What was your number five? So number five is a personal cult favorite of mine that I don't know if a lot of people have seen. And honestly, I haven't I put it on here because I want to watch it again and I don't know if it holds up. And that is Disney's 1979 movie, The Black Hole. Oh yeah, I was I almost put that because I haven't, but I haven't watched it recently for the exact same reason that you just said. Is I don't know if it holds up because I don't remember it being that good, anyways. <laughs> right. Um, it's, so I think I need to watch it, but I'm almost afraid to watch it. Like almost every sci-fi movie that came out after 1977 is kind <laughs> of a Star Wars ripoff. Right. So tell the, and, tell our listeners what what this is about. So, just here is, from what I remember now, mind you, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it was a movie that came out in 1979, Anthony Perkins of Psycho fame is in it. Uh, The gist is, a spaceship um, gets close to a black hole and is right on the, what, event horizon of the black hole. I don't even know if they called it then. I think they just called it, like, the periphery or something. But anyway. I don't remember at all. It's way on the edge, and it's... It's not so most times, you know, when you see a black hole, like think of Interstellar, it's just this black circle, it's this massive 
super dense right. mass. That's how we understand it's like a that. hurricane, like a hurricane in space with the eye of the hole. Yeah, that's how it looked in 1979, <laughs> exactly 40 some odd years ago. So it looks like a whirlpool, right? A space whirlpool, right? So, or a hurricane, like you said. So it's about a ship that gets a little bit too close, and then they discover another ship that's been sitting there for a long time. And it's a ship that's been lost for years. And how are they still out there and blah, blah, blah. So they dock on the, the larger ship that they find and are doing repairs on their smaller ship and come to find that there are still people, at least a few people on this old ship. And they're like, how did people survive? What happened to the rest of the crew? I won't say much more than that. Uh, there are some mysteries or some twists and turns but there are some robots and there are sentries and there's double barreled guns, you know, that, you know, there's, there's some flying robots that are definitely our two ripoffs. And <laughs> like I said, I don't know if it holds up. I really don't, but I loved it as a kid. So this might be like in the flash Gordon column of movies that flash Gordon. I'm sorry. You watch it now, you know it's crap. You know it's crap. Right. Right. I still love it. <laughs> the thing is, the black hole does. So, at least with Flash Gordon, which is not on Disney Plus, but at least with Flash Gordon, you have that kind of kitsch, that camp side of it where you can kind of enjoy it this way. The black hole is 100% serious. So, I'm worried it doesn't hold up as much, but I, I, I want to watch it again. I put it at number five. Uh, it's still, it's, I, I can see that. So, my number five is a documentary. Really, that is on Dis that is on Disney Plus. And for those that never bought the DVD special edition box set of Star Wars, you can now watch this on Disney Plus. It's called Empire of Dreams. It is a three and a half, almost four hour documentary of Star Wars, and it takes you through every bit of. It's one of the best documentaries you can watch on it because it's Lucas made. I'd say more, almost two thirds of it is like A New Hope, and the other third of it is Empire and Return of the Jedi, something like that. But it goes into all three movies. It talks about the pop culture of it and everything. And I think it's for maybe kids or something that don't understand where this came from and how it started and why Lucas wrote this. And, you know, back in 77 when this came out. In the difference it is from then to now, it's just a superb documentary for Star Wars fans. And I'm not sure everybody knows it's on there. It's not even really touted like on the main screens or anything. And I was, you know, I, I just knew it was there from looking at. If you go to the Star Wars button, it'll it'll show up there, but it's not on your main showing of things. So I don't know. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I have not seen it. It was in my watch queue for the longest time when it was for free on Amazon Prime, and I never got around to watching it. It's good. It's really, I watch it probably twice a year, even though I've seen it a million times. Because it has old interviews with, has the original interviews with like you know Harrison Ford and you know Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher. Then it has them when they did this for the special edition. So there's like a little more modern take on it, even with Harrison Ford and everything. Um, it has you know an interesting thing like the the gentleman who sculpted Yoda didn't quite know what his face should look like, so he put his own face on there. And when you see the guy who sculpted, like holy shit, that's you! <laughs> the guy. So there's really cool things that how they, they created these things. That are, it's amazing, and they show how the puppetry and um, it's super super good, super super good. It should be watched. Definitely a number five, I think, for me. Okay, I I will put it on my list. It's one of those things I always wanted to watch. I just never got around to it. 
Yeah, it's worth your time, man, if you're just sitting around, for sure. Okay. I will check it out. You're number four. Uh, this is where Joe gets angry. Number four is Avatar. Uh, don't need. Uh. <laughs> I, knew, I thought that was going to be your two or one. I had that pegged as your two or one. You know, I almost did put it on number one just to mess with you. <laughs> but no, I had to be realistic. I. Well, there's not much to say about this. I know you do not like it at all. It's and not that I don't like it at all. I liked it for the spectacle that it was at the theater, but the story's not great. Yeah. It's, you can say the same thing about Star Wars. No, you can't. You can. The story still holds up. It, it's, it's, the story is so basic for Star Wars that it holds up. Avatar is so dances with wolves, I can't watch it. It's the same movie. The story is basic. Uh, white people come in and get rid of the natives to take what they want. It's just it's just a little too – it's just a little – go ahead. I want you to be – I want to try to be supportive, and I want to enjoy <laughs> that you picked that as a movie. You can't be supportive of Avatar. Like I said, I think it's – there were some good things to it. I think, you know, it was some nice technology they brought through, and in the idea of going into a – another body so to speak is interesting um it it takes a lot of you know sci-fi tropes puts them all together i just sure i've been re-watching it and though it's what more than 10 years old at this point i i think it holds up i mean there are some people that are probably gonna poo-poo it like joe But, well, I can look at it and say I don't. I don't think there's anything too dated in it because it's a whole new world. It's like saying like Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz still holds up. You know what I mean? It's like it's uh, it's its own world, so you can kind of get away with it. Yeah, the flying monkeys don't hold up so well when they're flying. For what the show was when it was made, you got to give some. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, there are some sci-fi shows you watch, and you're like, oh man, that does not hold up now. Yeah, usually cheap ones like Battlestar Galactica back in the day. Right, exactly. That's one thing. Quick tangent. Rewatching the original Battlestar Galactica as an adult, you see how many scenes, like sci-fi or special effects scenes, cut exactly the same cut every week. Oh yeah, the shooting out of the the, the shoot. I knew that was a kid. I'm like, it's the same shot. It's really wow. sad that I noticed that. Noticed that as a kid. I'm like, I didn't notice it as a kid, and then watching it later, like in my teens, I was like. Oh, it's the same action shots every single time. Yeah, anyway. I did notice that. Avatar. Like I said, you think the story is Dances with Wolves, and it is, but it's a common story, especially when you know you consider the it you know, is. North American. Right. It's, it's, you know, one race coming in and deciding that this other race, uh, they're savages, and we want what they have, so we're just going to take it. It's the story as well yep. as time. Absolutely. So... Now that said, like I said, the special effects hold up. It still grabs my attention. I mean, it's still very derivative. Everything, I mean, there's no question that James Cameron has a style. And the Marines in this are very similar to the Marines we see in Aliens. Even some of the craft are very similar. I'm surprised. Art direction is great. I like the art direction. It is. So do I. But there is a palette that that runs through each of his movies, you know. The, uh, the what these dragonfly helicopters or whatever they're called in Avatar look yeah. totally like a mix between the dropships on Aliens and the, um, the what the HK is in Terminator Two that fly overhead. 
you know, right. there's, there's yep. a common theme and you see yeah. it's, it's, I don't want to say like, well, you know, there's a, there's a common style to Disney. There's a common style to Pixar. Anything to he Luke touches, you're going to see it, right? It's going to look like a James Cameron film. It's like ZZ Top album. I don't know. Or it's an ACDC album. They all kind of run together. Like I said, there's not much more to say, but, you know, we do especially know. Those, that, especially those flying ships in Titanic. They were fucking weird. <laughs> okay, there are exceptions. <laughs> Just kidding. But. Look, I enjoyed the movie at the theater. I enjoyed the movie at the theater. I, I'm going to say the same you know, thing I said last time. I think I say every time. When I saw it in the theater, it blew me away. And you, I think you hate this description. But when I left the theater after seeing, seeing Avatar, my thought was, this must be what it feels like must be what it felt like after seeing Star Wars for the first time. It, for you, maybe it could have been. It very well could have been. Now, that said, it's obviously not the epic that Star Wars has become. It's only one film. We know we have four more coming, so... Sure. Bar said hi, time will tell. I, I don't... I won't bet the, this is going to be as big as Star Wars, but... Yeah, there'll be one good. more coming, and, and then when it tanks, the other ones will not be coming. <laughs> I think they've already filmed two and three back to back. No, I still have to put it out there. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> I think it's worth a watch. I, I'm not going to poo-poo that. I think you know, it is a timestamp of a movie in terms of technology. It was a great three-dimensional experience, and I think that camera did a great job of making sure that it was a 3D experience in the theater. I think you're a little bit shortchanged by watching it on a flat TV. Because I think when you watch it on a flat TV, it flattens the story out and it flattens the movie out to what it really was. You spent more time, I think, worried about how it's presented rather than maybe this, the the story of it. But that being said, there are plenty worse movies than that one. Um, you know, so not that bad. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> What's your number four? All right, my number four, this is going to go way back. So... A little bit about me when if anybody's ever been to Disney World, this is that means the one in Orlando. This ride was huge for me. I did I, I think I rode it as a little kid, maybe ten times in a row. And I think everybody should watch this movie because that ride was huge at the time when it first came out. And watch you can watch the Disney documentaries and it'll tell you all you about all about the ride. But the ride that I when I was a kid was called Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. And the original movie is on Disney Plus, and I urge all of you to watch this film because it's done in 1954, and it stars Kirk Douglas and James Mason. Uh, for our really young kids, you can look them up on, you know, the Google. But it's they're pretty big actors for the time, and this was a huge production of a film in 1954, and it holds up today. And I I, I believe it holds up for what it is. That the effects are very good for 1954. So much so that you, you know, now granted, they can't do what is done now. Everything's done, you know, with puppetry and things like that. Um, there's a giant squid in there and everything. But, you know, it's it's the adventures of uh, Captain Nemo and, and it's kind of a, a precursor to like steampunk stuff. So I kind of like that too. And basically they're out there and they're, they're hunting this uh, – sea monster that's attacking ships in the pacific ocean 
and they try to go out and stop him. But there's other things that happen in this in this film um, that talks about you know who's good and bad, and the, the bad guy's not necessarily you know Captain Nemo's kind of a strange dude, and you don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy, but he's it's, he's got his technology and this. The Nautilus ship is amazing. And again, this is based off a book that's written like in the 1800s, like 1870 or something like that uh, by Jules Verne. And I just urge everybody to watch it. Now, I know you can watch this movie and go, God, that looks really hokey. But you, you really have to like open yourself up and say, wow, 1954, you're talking a crap ton of time ago. And it's just a beautifully made film. It's 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 almost like three hours long too. It's not as short. They, didn't, they spent spared no expense on this. Um, it did win uh, two Academy Awards for Best Art Direction and Best Special Effects for the time. Um, so it wasn't done on the cheap. Um, you also get to see it in CinemaScope, which is a lot like Avatar. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Michael, but I, I, I think it's it's really well worth watching. It's one of these movies that like you'll never probably go out and rent it or anything, but if you have Disney+, Plus, these jewels are there. You know, Disney did some really great things when it first came out in terms of films uh, for these kind of things. And they really set the tone for the like a precursor to blockbusters. And uh, it was huge. You know, I actually haven't seen it, but you've got my interest. And I, I will say this as kind of an ironic thing. I think it's interesting that early on, um, Disney really kind of went after all these kind of... Uh, um, What's it? Public IP. What's that called? You know, non-copyrighted, which in the um, public domain. Because at that point, right? Yeah, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea had gone public domain. So why not make a movie from it? You know, we don't have to pay anyone else any royalties. Nope. So interesting, but I'm very, I'm curious now because I believe in the novel, and at least what I've seen in other uh, depictions of Captain Nemo, isn't he supposed to be Indian? Well, yeah, but like all things back then, um, he was played by James Mason, who is not Indian. Um, and in the film, he's just, I, I don't remember if they even talked about what he was. It didn't matter. Um, I mean, it wasn't brought up. So I'm sure it's a bit whitewashed. Uh, well, I'm sure. sure. I'm sure. I'm, I mean, not excusing it, but the time was different then. It was allowed. Right. It wasn't right. Well, well yeah. yeah. Um, we allowed. also have Peter Laurie. If anybody knows who Peter Lorre is, of like all these other, he plays like a lot of the weird monster movies. Guys, <laughs> you'll know the voice if you guys. Well, I don't know if any of the kids, if any kids listen to this, they you don't really get it. But uh, uh, Kirk Douglas, for those oh, who are Marvel fans, is Michael Douglas's father, who's in Ant Man. Yeah. And you know, Infinity War and uh, Endgame and that kind of stuff. So no, I think right. people should watch it. I've never actually seen the film, and you've definitely piqued my interest. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm actually very interested. Yeah, I'm, I'd be curious to think, you know, when you when you get a chance to watch it, you know, how much you forgive it. I mean, again, you know, there's a little bit of singing in it with Kirk Douglas. There's songs, you know, um, there's they had a big soundtrack at the time. Uh, it was it, it did well, I guess. I don't know what it made money how how money was done back then, but uh, by cool. here box office, it made eight million dollars. Oh, that yeah. we earned eight million dollars North America in nineteen fifty four. What was his budget, though? I, who knows? It didn't say that. It just says box office in uh, Wikipedia. But I mean, eight million dollars. I don't know what that that constitutes. In is that eighty million dollars now? 
and I don't know, you know, I don't know what that means, but it did well. I mean, it, from all things that I've read here, it's, uh, it did fairly well. I'm surprised they haven't remade this movie in, in modern times. Um, especially with after Pirates of the Caribbean and all that stuff. So it could have went back to this well and probably did it, but maybe, uh, maybe the, what was the moment with, um, Sean Connery, where they had Captain Nemo in it. Oh yeah, the, the extraordinary gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Nemo was in that. Yep, yeah. as was so, uh, Nautilus. Correct, as a Nautilus. Right. So, anyways, um, give it a list. Give it a list. Give it a watch. It's uh, definitely worth the time. I think. I will. So there you go. It sounds good. All right, you're next. See, I didn't put these limits on me like you did, so I'm going to be jumping into territory that is probably okay. a little bit obvious. But for number three, I put what I thought was the best, what I still think is the best standalone character movie from the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So for number three, I picked Black Panther. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I almost threw that on the list, but I, I took the Marvel out. I totally agree. It's a good one. I mean, and not much to say about it, just because it, it's been out for a while. I'm sure people have seen it. But if you haven't seen it, or even if you have, it's a solid movie. I mean, it's got action. It's got depth. There's And one thing I love about Killmonger, and, and this is what's good about a good villain, is that if you can relate to the villain and kind of see their perspective, I'm not saying you need to agree with Killmonger because... No, his motivations were pure to himself and understandable. Yes, yes. And there are some things I get. I mean, his father was killed. He should have been in that line of succession. Yep. I mean, he's got some valid gripes. But he's also, and man, so driven by anger, seen by every time he kills someone, they, he does a scar. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, there's many layers to this film I, I can watch. And then the way it ends, you know, where he doesn't want to be saved, and he says, you know, bury me in the ocean, like my, oh my God, just... Right. The acting is superb in this film. The casting is amazing. Uh, story is very, very good. I mean, uh, exactly. Of, of course, you know, Endgame and Infinity War get a lot of the buzz because they were such huge, huge films. They're big epics. This was a huge film, too. This was up there, too. It made a oh, lot it of money. It's, it's a billion-dollar film, no question. So yeah. it's huge. I'm not saying it's not. But, I mean, of the standalone Marvel films, I think this, is, this has set the bar. It's fantastic. And I, I say this as someone, like, I loved Iron Man as a kid, and I was very excited. When Iron Man 1 came out, I was like, man, that's the best that's the best comic book movie I've ever seen. And then later that summer, The Dark Knight came out, and I was like, well, this is definitely the best comic book movie I've ever seen. And it's well, still up there. Different, still- different, different types. I, I would say Iron Man's there, and I would say is there. And I think Black Panther is certainly up there as well. Oh, yeah. origin stories especially if people don't like what's cool what black panther did is that it brought a character that i bet a lot of people didn't know existed you know i think people knew iron man existed i don't think a lot of people knew black panther existed in in and really elevated to greatness you know right um, yes. comic book people do comic book people know black panther general audience people i guarantee you didn't know that much about black panther correct he was Always, I mean, for the longest time, he was a C-level character. 
before this film. Uh, there was a great run by Priest. He definitely mm-hmm. moved up to B to maybe A level. But after this film, I mean, he's 100% A level now. And I hope they really incorporate him into Avengers too, like as going forward and not just some side project that they call it. Like he's kind of peripheral in the Avengers now because we had basically the core of the Avengers based off the first film. Now, I don't know in comic books if he becomes core, so to speak, of an Avenger, but they better weave him in stronger, I think. Well, now that, you know, like leadership, like lead, like Captain America leadership role. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I would have no problem, and I think it would make sense if he became the leader of the Avengers. Right? Why wouldn't it make sense? I mean, he leads a whole country. Right. And I think I, I think it would be smart play, a smart play. Yeah, whatever the next uh, Avengers play, film I is, I would love to see him. Well, it might go to Thor just because Thor is the remainder, you know, the remain, remaining number of the big three that, you know, first. Well, Hulk is there. Hulk can't lead. Well, maybe not. Well, no, he, no, he couldn't. I don't think he could. But I mean, Black Panther would be that. It's it, it's either him or Captain Marvel. I love Captain Marvel. She's and you know she's you know comes from a military background. It kind of makes sense to a degree. But got a freaking king here. Yeah. I don't know. We, Obviously, we don't control the MCU, but I would no. I would think it'd be really badass. No, great film. I can't wait for the second one. I really can't wait for the second one. I want to see what they do with it because the second one tells all the tales, right? The origin stories, I'm not going to say origin stories are easy, but at least the story is kind of pre-made for some of them. What do you do next? You know? Right. Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3, not the best, right? Fun, not the best. Agreed. Um, Yeah. But I think that's a good pick. Really good pick. Which draft three? So I tried to think of something that a family could watch together, um, and I have a love for the Greek gods uh, as, a, as a kid growing up in a, a Greek household and that kind of thing. So uh, I put Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Lightning Thief. And I remember really? watching it with Sam. Yeah, I, put, I remember watching this movie with my son Sam, and he loved it. And I thought it was really well done for a kid's movie. There's a lot of cool people in it. You've got, you know... Um, Sean Bean is in it. He plays Zeus. And he doesn't die. Um, Sean Bean dies and everything. Right. He, does. he totally dies and everything. Right. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you know, Rosario Dawson's in it and Pierce Brosnan's in it. And there's just a ton of people in this film. And it's really good. Like, it's another hero's journey, right? Like, it's like Star Wars, like any other Greek story, Greek god story. It's, it's directed by Chris Columbus, who I think did the original Harry Potter. Um, so it's kind of got that lightheartedness to it. That's really good. Um, you know, he's, uh, basically it's a, t- a teenager figures out he's a descendant of, um, Poseidon, the son of Poseidon. And, you know, he kind of goes to like God school in a way, <laughs> you know, it's very much like a Harry Potter. Like it, it, there's a lot going on that's very similar, but it's also based on Greek mythology and, um, you know, yeah. and I think it's a really fun movie you can watch with your kids and, uh, you know, basically have a really good time of it. You're going to see a lot of the old tropes of what, of, of Greek mythology. Um, you know, the premise is, uh, Zeus's lightning bolt is stolen and, 
and Percy Jackson, who's the son of Poseidon, is accused of stealing it. And he has 14 days to return it. And otherwise, you know, there'll be a huge war and all these things will happen. So he's figuring out who he is. And like all teenagers at this point in time in life, they kind of figure out, try to figure out who they are as they're growing up. And this is a very analogous uh, to that, that kind of journey of, of a teenager to a man, so to speak, or a teenager to a woman. Because there's other people in this film that is friends and, and kind of, you know, go from there. But it's fun. Very fun ride. I, th I think it's uh, it's worth the time uh, for people to put in for Disney+. Plus. I don't know, have you seen it? Yeah, I have to say, I, th I think I saw it 10 years ago, right about the time it hit video. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say I rented it from like Redbox or something like that. Yeah, um, I thought it was okay. Um, it, it didn't really make a mark on me other than I didn't hate it, but then again, like I said, it's just, I don't know what it is about fantasy and whatnot. Like, I kind of well, had the same. Yeah, 10 years ago, my son was 11. You right, know what I mean? Like, I, get, I get that. I get that. That'd yeah. be a cool movie to watch with your son. I yeah. I, I just, uh, I, for me, I kind of had the same reaction after seeing the first two Harry Potter movies. I'm like, it was all right. You know, I don't feel like I wasted my time, but uh, whatever. I watched yeah. it. I didn't hate it, but. Totally yeah, understand yeah. It. It, it. It's not something that's going to change your life. This movie will not change your life. It's a fun watch. No, but I'm glad you picked it because it, it is. This is nice. It's refreshing. We're not going over the same things, and, and you, you surprise me. Uh, I like surprises. That's good. Good. I don't. I don't know if the last two will surprise you, but. Go for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead. You're number two. Number two. I was just thinking about things. What do I like? What do I really want to watch on Disney? And mm -hmm. I want to go sit down, and I really, really want to rewatch The Mandalorian. Yeah, it was totally so worth. good the first time around. I mean, I I do think it was good and fun to draw it out over the episodes. You know, waiting a week, week, week. Right. But now that I know the story, and you know the I let the anticipation build watching it the first run. I kind of like to just go through again and see what I missed. Have you watched it then or no? Nope. It's in my queue. Okay. I did do that about two weeks ago and it's so good watching it back to back. It's so good. It links so well. Um, now I did not put Mandalorian in my top one or two because it, to me, everybody would probably would have known that, right? <laughs> like of course, I bought this thing for Mandalorian. I mean, it's the only reason right, I paid right. for the Mandalorian. So, um, I, I can never disagree with this choice whatsoever. Uh, it's fantastic. It's got everything Star Wars should be. It's got the direction that we all wanted. And when you do watch it in one sitting, because it's it's really not that bad when you're watching it. It's you know it's five hours maybe. You know because there's such odd times in those, um, which is good because they don't make the show dictate a certain time. They just tell the story and shoot the story. So some right. some are. Some are 30 minutes, some are 35, 40. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter because they just said, oh, well, there's nothing. That's the beauty of these streaming shows, right? They're not constrained to like, I've got to make it two hours or I won't play enough in the theaters to make money. Like They can pick what is right for the the the, uh, the actual story that they're trying to tell. So, yeah, pretty tough for me to say anything wrong about this. <laughs> like I said, I was just trying to think, what do I want, what do I want to watch and – even though I've already seen it, I want to watch it again. So, 
Yeah, and a side note, the documentary for all of them is a good show, too. I don't know if you've watched that or not. I haven't. Well, I, th- I think for me, I waited too long until after the show. So I think if I rewatch the season and yeah. then go into the documentary, I think I'll appreciate it more. Yeah, you will. Especially the how they're. What I, what I love about The Mandalorian is it's actually doing what Lucas did in terms of pushing the envelope of technology and filmmaking. So they're doing that, too, which is what Lucas always, always did and push filmmaking which made other filmmakers jobs easier like people don't realize how much george lucas contributed to film outside of star wars in terms of how to make it i mean there's so many things he's given this world to filmmakers and cinematographers and special effects artists i mean he he's 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 the thomas edison of filmmaking for our generation yeah but edison was a dick (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Lucas may be a dick too. I don't know. I, I never met the guy, but uh, yeah. so Steve Jobs. But I have a you know he's changed the world too. He's a big ass. Yeah, true, true, true. Those those people tend to be that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my number two takes me back to when I was twelve years old, and I talked about this in a prior podcast, but I, I, I don't remember. But it, it's the original Tron. And, you know, I, I thought you might bring this up. I thought you might. Yeah, yeah it's it's a big movie for me. I, I really really enjoyed this film as a kid. I, it was it, um, it stars Jeff Bridges, Bruce Boxleitner, David Warner. Uh, people probably know who those people are, but Kurt Russell is kind of a not Kurt. I mean, Jeff Bridges is a, is kind of a um, big name. I think people should know who that is. But this film really kind of pushed the boundaries of what filmmaking could be back then. You know, the the rotoscoping as we talked about before. The um the story's good though like the, it's not just about special effects like it, again you can make all the crappy or all the great effects you want if the, if you don't care about the characters of the story it doesn't even matter the beauty of this is that you care about the characters and they're fun and uh you know you you've got basically the idea of you've got master control which back in the seventies the computers used to be all work off mainframes and you didn't really have your own portable system you needed that mainframe to make everything work and personal computing started hitting at this time and the whole idea is that you can have your own computer write your own things and you're kind of like democratic so to speak so there's a whole metaphor for this film of of the empire which is master control and being set free for program programming things to do whatever they need to do on their own um, ironically we're all kind of going back to master control because we're all kind of piped into the internet which is becoming master control and all the programs are going to be down the road are going to be through our uh as good as our internet connection you won't even have anything in your computer anymore see chromebooks um but there's a lot of like tech in here that's interesting you'll i mean you'll you'll see old tech for sure obviously like floppy drives and big ass computers and things like that so a little of that doesn't necessarily hold up but if you look at it as a period piece um it's a great snapshot of the 80s and uh the way the 80s were and think about this movie and then kind of tie it back into what we talked about last week with ready player one like like i would you know this is probably a really big factor to him when he wrote the book and i forgot his name i'll be author you know his name ernest klein ernest klein yeah i'm sure i mean even the book trons in the book but um this had to be a big influence right it's huge so well, who wouldn't want to ride a light cycle like, right and that's like the first bit of the film like you're not you're not they didn't waste much time this movie goes there's no there's no you know slow points 
Um, and it's a great metaphor for corporate America. Like that still holds up. You've got corporate greed back then. And we, we really haven't gotten any further in this world. It's just doubled, tripled maybe of corporate, what corporate greed is today versus back then. Um, this is kind of like the birth of corporate greed. I think, you know, I think the, it, it, it's, you know, at this time, I'm not sure when wall street came out, but it was all kind of talking about that at the same time as well. Reaganomics and those kind of things. So, yeah, that's my number two. That's a good pick. It's a good pick. I obviously that movie didn't have the same effect on me than it did as you, but I I enjoy Tron. I, every time I've you know gone back and watched it, it's always been fun, and you know for its time, it was cutting edge. I mean, does it hold up as well now? Maybe not as much, but it fits within its own universe. I mean, right? Eight bit technology back in the day. It fits and it works and it's pretty cool, you know. And I do like the rotoscoping; it's a cool effect. It gives it its own unique style, right? And it's nice and basic. Good guys are blue, bad guys are red. Lightsabers, anyone? Right. You think was a little bit taken? Like it's it's you can see the effects of Star Wars in here as well, but done in a, in a different way. And um, you know, it's it's a it's a fun movie. You guys, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, these are things I like. I don't necessarily know if everybody else will like them, but um, I try to, you know, open your mind to these these older films. I think, you know, if you, it, it's hard to turn off where we've come from in, in filmmaking. Um, to, to when people are used to like, you know, Avenger style effects and the new Star Wars and any of these new movies that come out, the effects are so good. It, sometimes it's very hard. Your, your eyes are so much more sophisticated as to what you're looking at. And so when you go backwards, you kind of like, eh. But you, if you can just take that away and open yourself up to things like this and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and, and just let the story be and don't worry about the effects and don't worry if it looks real enough to you, I, I think you'll have a much easier time watching these kind of films. And look at look at, look at at them for how they influence what you see now. Like if you can look at it that way, it's kind of like when you have a band that you like and you go back – and you keep going back, you know, like, oh, this band's influenced by this band. And, oh, my God, they listen to, like, Led Zeppelin. And then Led Zeppelin goes all the way back to, you know, Robert Johnson was an acoustic blues player, right? I mean, you can right. hear all – if you can, if you can like, do that, then I think you'll have a, a, a better time looking at some of these ones that I'm throwing out at everybody. Oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a DNA that runs throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah. All right. So, my number one is not going to surprise anyone. It's my, like I said, depends on the day of the week. And this week, on this day, it is my favorite Star Wars movie. So, of course, I picked Rogue One. Cool. I, I If you would have said Last Jedi, I was going to shut this thing down. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, okay, never minding my change in appreciation for The Last Jedi, no matter what, even if I suddenly went full circle and decided it was a good movie. It's not. It's... <laughs> I'm sorry, Rogue One. It's my favorite right now. It's great. It's so great. It's it's You know what's great when you can just pop it in any time and you have to watch it? Even if you're... You know what I mean? Like, oh, if you came across it, like on TNT or something, oh, it's on. <laughs> You know, Rogue One is my Star Wars version of uh, the Shawshank Redemption. 
Yeah. Rogue One to me, Rogue One to me is, even though I said you can't go back, I, I had an adult love for that film because of what the original Star Wars did for me as a kid. Because this film is not as much kid-like as Star Wars is. No. Right? So it, it really played to who I am now as a person and where I've watched films and where, where again, I'm not going to say sophisticated is a word, but I don't mean it as in like it's higher brow. I just mean that, you know, what I've been through in life, that there's other things in this film that I gravitate towards versus what I gravitated towards in the original Star Wars. Well, it's, it's a bit more adult. I mean, it's a little bit more real i mean i get it's still sci-fi we're looking at you know laser guns and giant robots and stuff like mm-hmm. that but you know it's it's a nice bookend to one's maturity and star wars i mean you see star wars and you got the heroes you got the good guys and the bad guys and it's pretty cut mm-hmm. and clean and it's all you know it's it's obvious who's good and it's i don't want to say simple but it's it's obvious right Right. And the characters helps, are obvious. And it works out that the good guys win because, yay, they should. That's how life should be when you're a kid. But then you watch Rogue One and see, all right, here's the nitty-gritty. This is how we got to that point and right. all the sacrifices that had to be made to get there. And I love how the little things that characters have um, that you bring through, like like Saw Gerrera, right? Somebody who's so into what he needed to do that he white like he is so narrowed his his revenge on the empire that he's actually become almost darth vader like like he's even got to breathe like he's been through so many things that it's 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 you know turned him into less than human so it's it shows those morality plays like if you just go down this path and not think about the humanity you will become what you are fighting right and that's what saw became and there's little thing hints like that that really make that film good i mean i love the the guardians of the wills. Uh, I mean, there's so much good in that film. Um, it's, it's pretty tough, but you know, I know they had, I'm not gonna say problems. They had different philosophies when that, as that film was being made, but boy, they pulled it out. They pulled it out. Oh yeah. No question. I, again, we could get into it about how much yeah. is it saved in reshoots, how much of it was saved in editing. All I know is that what came out is perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my number one, I couldn't have it not be Star Wars something. <laughs> so you put these limitations in, and then for the last one, threw them out the window. No, no. No, no, I didn't throw okay. out the window. So this will give you more bang for your buck for your Disney Plus uh, time to watch. And I think we, there's been enough talk about the Clone Wars. I think everybody should watch Rebels. I've been rewatching it again. Um, I'm in season three now, working through that one. I think season three, episode 10, something like that. And man, is it, it's just, there's so many good nuggets in this show that really piece things together. Um, it's just, it's Dave Filoni, man. It's, it's how he's taken the Star Wars mythos and keeps building upon uh, all the greatness that, you know, that was started. And are, are there some episodes that you will hate? Sure. There's some of those. Um, I, I like them, but I know because I know where they're going. I watch the whole thing. But if you, you can watch them with your kids, you can watch them by yourself. There's a little bit for everybody. It is Star Wars telling storytelling to its finest, plus you get four seasons of it. And, man, 
it, to me, it's it's outside of you know putting the stipulations of what I said earlier on the show. This is this is my number one. Huh. You like it more than the Clone Wars? I did actually. I personally did because I like. Uh, I love. I started to really love these characters. I started to love them as their own, for lack of a better term, Luke, Leia, Chewie. You know what I mean? Like they became right. another group of friends that help each other. Um, you didn't. You didn't quite get that in the Clone Wars because they were. You did because you had you know Padme and you have Anakin and you know you know Ben, but you had them in the movies too. So that wasn't new, right. so to speak. Right. And, and you did have, and then you did have other like cool clones that you started to like that became kind of their own thing that you know with Rex and his team and everything, and a bunch of other ones. But now when you've got like, yeah, you got um, Hera, Ezra, Ezra, Kanan, Zeb, Sabine, and man, it, and other people that come in and out of the show. Uh, I don't want to say everything because it'll give some stuff away if you haven't watched it. Right. Uh, but I. I really think it's if you're if you're a Star Wars fan, you know if you're just somebody who just doesn't want to watch, I wouldn't recommend it to like anybody because you know this is their geeks show, so you know Star Wars based, and I think you can't go wrong with Rebels. I think it's just done done really well. And and just to be clear, my my question wasn't like uh, a diss or anything. I I have not watched all of Clone Wars. I really enjoyed that seventh season. We know that. Yeah. And I've started Rebels, and I think I'm mostly through that first season. And I, I liked it. Uh, I don't think it's affected me yet quite as much as you, but I think maybe I, I don't know if I need to get deeper into it yet. Um, but I mean, did I, have I finish the first season? Anyway, I don't think you finished first season yet. Okay, maybe I need to finish that yet. I, I'm enjoying yeah. it so far, but it, so far it hasn't grabbed me like I'm. Yeah, it, it, you have to get to – what Floyd does really well is the last two episodes of each season are always so good. So, yeah. Should, I'll keep moving on watch it. I'll keep going forward. Yeah, you should. As I watch Battlestar, you can watch this. And yours, you could be done a lot quicker than I am because I think – is Battlestar an hour each? Yes. Well, close to it. I mean, it was broadcast TV, so 40-ish minutes. 40, 48 minutes. Like 10, yeah. So – but yeah, I think it's it's worth it, man. You gotta, you gotta, I think for all those out there looking for something to do, if it's crappy weather or too hot to do anything outside, throw in some Star Wars Rebels. They're like 22 minutes each. So you can I do agree with that. that. If you want to throw something out, like, eh, I'm not quite ready to go to bed, throw an episode right. of that, they are pretty quick. Right, right. So there you have it. That's our top five. I uh, For each Disney Plus uh, shows that we talked about, um, Again, we, we could have each done a, you know five Marvels or five Star Wars or whatever, but we I think we I think you pushed it too, Michael. I think you did. I think you were still, still you still edited yourself. Um, you could have you could have done a lot more. Sixty percent of my top five is Marvel and DC or <laughs> Marvel and Star Wars. <laughs> That's okay. Now we did do a top ten, correct? Did you do all ten, or did you only do did you only do five? I I just did five. I just okay. did five. I was really trying to hone in. I spent a lot of time like. Um, fishing for that top five because I think we would start talking about it. And I wanted to be as thorough as I could and try and tell the story of each one and why I chose them. So, um, you know, I didn't do 10. <laughs> That's fine. They'll be posted on the site, which you, if you're listening to this, if, no. if you didn't get it from the website, you'll see it there. So you'll see our posted uh, top five each. Yep. Um, 
And, and, and you know what? You, you can post it on our new Facebook group, Michael. You can tell everybody about our new Facebook group. That's right. I didn't even think to mention that. So as you know, social media, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We're a Facebook page, but now we also have launched a Facebook group. Uh, reason being is we can do a little bit more with the group. We can be a little bit more interactive. We can put polls and whatnot. So we've just launched it. Don't have a lot of users there yet. I think we're around five. Obviously, if you listen... If you like the page, cool. But if you join the group, we're hoping to start more discussions there and get ideas for episodes. And like with an episode like this, we want to we want to create discussion. And like I said, it's supposed to be a place where we can you know communicate with you and you can communicate with us and yep. go from there. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, tell us your top five if you have some Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, and what you guys think. Yeah. We'll chime in. We'll chime in. Of course, I always <laughs> have an opinion. <laughs> mediocre and bad um wow i'm kidding i don't know why i'm picking on you today for some reason i just feel like i feel bad now but no, that's well, you know bad, uh, how many times i usually pick on you so it's yeah. it's okay it's bring, okay. i can i have thick skin joe yeah well at least we're at the end of the show and you can you can you can walk it off i can um, turn the mic off and cry Right. <laughs> for those new to the show thank you so much for listening in on this uh, little episode that we did on Disney Plus for those that have come back we thank you immensely for keep coming back to the show uh, tell your friends about the show you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Pocket Casts Podbean is that what you listen to and Spotify and all those cool places and not cool places you can find podcasts uh, best thing you can do is, is leave uh, a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us at least get seen by some people that like what you like. Or better yet, just tell a friend to give us a listen. Um, that would really help the show. And that being said, that uh, takes this podcast to the end. Anything else, Michael, you got to say before we head out? No, thanks for listening, and everyone have a good day. Great. We'll see you all next time. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.